we're back. We're here. We're doing it. It's 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. With me today, I have my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello there. And of course, the third leg of this particular stool, my foe and arch rival, Joshua Baker. Hello, chop of the morning to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, indeed. And what is at the bottom of this particular pot of gold? Uh, A fantastical adventure. Three friends learning lessons along the way. Peter, that could have been so much. You could have said so many things. About what the bo- what was at the bottom of this pot of gold? I, to be honest, friendship. I just I didn't know what to Most say because I really didn't want to do an accent, so I was just trying to get me as far away from that possibility. I think that was a good choice. <laughs> I think Josh has you covered. Phew, close one. No, I um, liked it. I liked it. That was really strong. That was a strong intro. Thank you. All right, well let's get let's get down to brass tacks and away from today's holiday. Over the last two weeks, we read chapters three and four of Gardens of the Moon. So let's get into it and start with chapter three. Chapter three. Two years have passed since Ganois Paran, the nobleman turned soldier, was plucked off his post on Itko Khan by the adjunct to the Empress. He is on way by boat to Ganimbacus to meet up with the bridge burners, who he is to become captain of. Topper, the Imperial Clawmaster, says that the young girl from Itko Khan he is searching for is embedded in the bridge burners under Whiskey Jack, and that the Empress is leery of those soldiers who still may hold allegiances to the late Emperor Kellenbed. His boat docks and he flies to Pale to meet with the bridge burners. In the city, the mage Tattersail speaks with Bellardin. A mage himself, Bellardin mourns the defeat of the battle and the death of Nightchill. Tattersail is suspicious of the summoning of the demon, and doubts that it came from Moonspawn. Suspicion turns on Tashrin, high mage to the Empress. Bellardin dismisses these suspicions and leaves to bury his lover, but not before Tattersail casts a spell on Nightchill's remains. Kalam and Quickbend speak as they await the arrival of their new captain. Kalam used to be an Imperial Claw, and Quickbend is a secretive mage. Both are veterans of the bridge burners who hail from seven cities. Kalam has heard word from the Empire that someone would see the bridge burners snuffed out. Tattersail meets with Tatrin and reads the Deck of Dragons. Orb, Virgin of High House Death, Assassin of High House Shadow, Upon, Crown. Tatrin departs and Tattersail wishes to meet with the bridge burners. Perrin arrives in Pale and speaks with Tak the Younger, a claw stationed in the army. Perrin learns that Whiskey Jack was a close ally of the Old Guard and once commanded armies himself. After he encounters the city, he encounters a few bridge burners from which he learns there have been four captains in the three years. Perrin is a little worried and after looking for Whiskey Jack, he is struck dead by Sari. He listens to the woman speak with a hooded figure, Shadow Throne. So, India, what did you think about Ganois Paran's short-lived post as captain of the Bridge Burner? Well, you know, the interesting thing about that is I didn't even really realize that. So, um... I, okay. Meaning, I just, I, I had no idea. I, I don't even know. I don't know. Let me think. All right, Josh, what do you know? I mean, a man <laughs> about what? What do we really know about his short-lived post? 
Are you asking about what? Are you asking what I think about him being captain? I suppose so. India said she didn't know, so I figured, what did Josh oh, know? Oh, sorry. I mean, it, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty much like you know from the get go that he's gonna get there and he's gonna die in some mysterious way. I think it was a pretty bold plan of Adjunct Lorne to just send in an agent to snoop on a god who's inside of a human and not expect the gods to catch on. Like that seemed like a pretty bad move. Yeah, it was definitely a reckless play, especially I don't think it helps that he's like, a, you know, a big fancy nobleman and he comes in here with this cool sword and is like, I'm going to be... I mean, but be it also feels kind of bad because he didn't do anything wrong. He just was walking in broad daylight. And like, that's that's some that's some ballsiness from uh, from sorry. My question here is, I assumed that this sorry being like a, a, a hidden agent in this, first of all. My most pressing question, actually, is what is, is is a claw a sector inside of the bridge burners? Are they separate? So the claw are not a part of the bridge burners or Dujek's army on Kennebacus. The claw are a kind of elite assassin force that work directly for the Empress. So they're they kind of are hidden throughout the Empire and would report back. So, so you the, know, think like think like Gestapo or something. So the claw, a person who is a claw. Could yes. be undercover as a bridge burner, and yes, is that yes. what Sar is doing? It doesn't seem that way. In fact, in this chapter, we meet a claw who is embedded ooh, ooh, with talk the younger. This, talk the younger. I think he's embedded with the second army. I would have to check, but he's a uh, he's he's an embedded within the army. He's undercover an claw. Yeah, he's undercover. Okay. He's you know he's he's working for the army, but he truly is dedicated to the Empress and Topper, the head of the Imperial Claws, and the Empress. Is Lassine Throne Master, and that—that's like that's what the word means. Okay. Lassine. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Josh, we spent some more time with Kalam and Quick Ben as uh, kind of more scenes with directly with the Bridge Burners. Uh, also in the next chapter too. What did it feel like to kind of be in the room with them? Because we kind of just see them in passing in the last scene with the Siege of Pale. Uh, I, I think they're they're both very interesting characters. I uh, and obviously they have pasts that I mean I'm certain we'll learn more about because they're they're pretty buck wild. Like the ones in X Claw, and I can't remember if it's this chapter or the next where someone explicitly states like I'm pretty sure you can't stop being a claw. You know, uh, Tatters Tattersail says that in the next yeah, chapter. and then so that's something. And then Quick Ben is just like we are getting hints that his power is like you know borderline to the level of a high mage, potentially the level of a high mage, and we're and we're also learning that like that doesn't ha- you don't get to be that and people not know who you are. So I'm very curious. It also my my que- like going a little bit off from that. My question is, what makes Whiskey Jack special? Because I have we haven't really seen him do a ton yet, and like these two who are under his command seem to be like completely like badasses, and Whiskey Jack just seems like a dude currently. You don't you you don't think Whiskey Jack's a badass? I haven't seen him do much yet, except uh, have a tunnel fall on him and his men. Yeah, well, well, Quick Ben certainly has has a lot of untapped power, or ta- you, you know yes. what I mean. Yeah, he's a lot of p- power crackling underneath. India, what, uh, did you have a feeling about the, the bridge burners we kind of met this chapter? Um, mostly I hated their names because it was hard for me to remember who they were and what they did. And so every time they said something, I would have... Naturally. Yeah, yep, yeah. So I thought that... I th- for some reason, I thought that Tattersail had died in the last chapter. But then I learned, no, clearly not. 
No, all the other ma- uh, many of the other wizards and mages had kind of been dead or attacked during the battle, but she had survived. And oh, it, she was mourning the man that died. Correct. Yeah, her. Yes. Uh, um. Well, her or well, a puppet. I, I don't. So, because that comes back. Hairlock Hairlock died and got put into a puppet, and now he's around now. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I kind of also don't understand the dynamic between all of them, as in like. What do they do? What And I don't know. I've been really confused because they seem powerful and yet everyone wants to kill them. And I don't know the, the grand purpose of who's fighting against who and why and for what. I'm really struggling now to understand who's on whose side, mainly. Well, I can understand that because especially in this chapter and a little bit in the next one, we start to see some of the larger political machinations that are kind of bleeding into this conflict because we see many people have stakes necessarily in these people's lives outside of right. their own. Um, Josh, so what, what was your read on the the powers that be that are trying to oppose or support the different players here within the city of Pale? Um, hmm. Well, for one, I, like what I find really interesting is we don't even know yet like what the Empress's uh, role is here like we hear a lot of people talking about like what like w- which faction she's trying to push and I, I feel like there's no evidence so i'm very curious if she's even involved in this or if her attention's just not even focused on this it feels like tatron is really pulling a lot of the strings uh mm. and maybe going a bit beyond what her position should allow her to do also i fucking oh wait it's a, it's a dude isn't it tatron's a dude yeah fuck that fuck tatron, that guy. It, yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's all I got so far. Oh, and and like you know, there's gods just chilling here. Yeah, well, it, it, I, it definitely seems. Well, we hear from Kalam that he hears about people in the Empire who are opposing them, but you know they're so far away. They're in this dark room. Mm-hmm. We really don't know who they are. And then also, especially at the end of the chapter, you see Shadow Throne speaking with Sari, who is under this influence. And uh, you know that Shadow Throne has this stake in it, and so and and it definitely, especially after Tattersail's conversation with Belladurn, it's you know it's clear that Tatrin Tatrin's on his own agenda in a way. Now is yeah. Shadow Throne the person um, from two years ago or so or whatever who turned who made sorry what she is? And do we necessarily know that she is? Is that confirmed that she is? I thought because I thought she was a oh no she is definitely a god right? Well. Or something's inside of her. Yeah, it's mostly confirmed that, that those two things. So, I mean, it's not like we've heard it from her, but in the next chapter, we hear Kalam and Quickben theorizing about what's happened to Sari. And um, I think in the last chapter, someone talks about it. Maybe Tattersail, I yeah. forgot. And then a little bit in the next chapter, well, maybe I'll save that conversation until then. <laughs> so... Maybe it's a good time to talk about chapter four and how we start to see the dynamic between Dujek, who's the very highest point in the army, and his relationship to this kind of old guard that once supported the former emperor. Chapter four. Tattersail convenes with the bridge burners. Hairlock, the wounded wizard turned puppet, has traveled into the Warrens to figure out who opposes the bridge burners. Tattersail is unsure of whether to ally herself with the bridge burners until Whiskey Jack confesses that they are working to undermine Tatrin. Tattersail is still uncertain and listens to Quickben and Kalam. They have their suspicions about Sari and believe High House Shadow is manipulating her somehow, and that the god Shadow Throne has a personal opposition to the Empress. 
Fiddler has a weird hunch. Perrin's journey to the God of Death stops right on Hood's doorstep. Opan, the Twins of Luck, have intervened. They trade another life for Perrin's and send him back to his body, but not before Shadow Throne and the Hounds arrive. Perrin is warned that the High House Shadow is watching him. His body is found by Picker and Ansi. Kalam have them place it in an abandoned estate. Tattersail draws from the Deck of Dragons and notices the Mason of High House Death. She begins recalling her past when Quickben arrives via Warren to tell her of the puppet Hairlock's return. However, he believes Hairlock is being followed by something. Kalam returns with the healer Mallet. Perrin's recovery seems miraculous, and Quickben suspects Sorry of the assassination. They leave Perrin with Tattersail. Fiddler, a veteran sapper, speaks with Whiskey Jack about his past as a mason. Dushek joins them, and they speak of the army's precarious political positioning. They then speak about the Bridgeburner's new task. They are to go south, infiltrate the last free city on the continent of Genabacus, and prepare it for a formal attack by the army. With Perrin and Tattersail's care, the Bridgeburners mount up and depart for Darugistan. That evening, the puppet Hairlock returns from the chaos between Warrens. However, he has a panic as Gear, a Hound of Shadow, chases him. Gear attacks soldiers throughout the city and pierces through Tattersail's magical defenses. The Hound of Shadow's rampage ends when Gnois Prand awakes and stabs it through with his sword. Perrin and Tattersail together hear the sound of a spinning coin. So Josh, we finally see what has happened to Peran after his assassination in the last chapter. What did you think of his encounters at the Gate of Death? Well, a uh, lot of questions. Uh, Very I, I few answers. I, I told I told India because uh, we we were we were speaking about this, and uh, she was like, "Oh, you know, was there any parts of the chapter that uh, you you didn't like?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I <laughs> didn't understand a fucking thing that happened the entire time they're at the 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 gate of death thing." So I'm gonna try and get my thoughts going. Um, <laughs> number one, the gate's made of people. What? Yeah, it's, it's like just made, made of dead bodies. Like made they're corpses, just moaning. You know? I think that's it's a bummer. I, I think that's pretty cool. I always imagine that really vividly. All right, it's, it, it's evocative. <laughs> that's for certain. Um, so Opon. I think it's like pretty goth and metal. You know, it's like whatever, whatever, whatever. So Opon is Opon. Opon's two people. <laughs> is Opon two people? A guy and a girl, twins, both named Opon, and are they two people, but one people, or two people? No, they're they're the same. You know, there are two aspects. There is two sides of the same coin. Good luck and bad luck. Okay, and are, but so like, weird. do you, can you ever see both at the same time, or is it one of those things where like one's in front of you and then whoop, the other one's behind you? Uh, they just you know they're gods. They kind of do whatever they want. So. All right, great. So they seem, so they seemed okay. They're good luck, bad luck. They're two sides of the same coin. They you seem. Know? They also seem a little, little. They play, like, they play. They play a little fast and loose because they were like, "Awesome, <laughs> we have the perfect candidate." Uh oh, we hear some hounds, and one of them is like, "I guess we'll just, let's just leave." And the other one's like, "What? We had this whole plan," and they seemed a little indecisive. So I'm glad they figured it out. Uh, what was with the oh god horrific things that were being described? That was a creature that came out, uh-huh. and he like spoke for Hood, but wasn't Hood. 
Oh, I. It was like it's like the god of death was busy, so they like sent the yeah. errand boy, and it like yeah. it, it keeps shape shifting into different things, and like they're settles all on upsetting, a, and then it like I mean, settles on a skeleton. I think I thought I think that's so funny. Like a deformed child. Do, is that yeah. guy important? Would he even get his name? No, it was just like an errand what? boy for the okay. guy. Of death. That was a lot of. It was a lot of like page time describing him <laughs> for a thing we're never gonna fucking learn the name of. Um, pretty cool. He did look badass. A uh, bummer for Perrin's probably family member who will die. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Mixed bag. Okay. Um, yeah, and because so can God, so so they said, so it sounded like, and to clarify for me if I'm wrong, it sounds like there are some rules that gods have to follow. Sure. And those rules sound like they are sometimes real clear and sometimes real vague, but one clear one was that if a god meddles within someone's, if a god's meddling causes someone to die, then another god can meddle to not let them die. That seems like a pretty wild rule. Yeah, there's definitely some light rules that bind the cosmos, but, you know, like uh, like like most things, sometimes there's exceptions. And uh... Okay, now speaking of rules and exceptions, I have a question. Sure. <clears throat> What's an ascendant? Is it a human that becomes a god? <laughs> oh, see, this is a great question. Truly a great question. Um, I hope you're not about to respond with no one knows still. Um, no, I'm just doing a good, just give me a one quick second to double check. This is a, this is my favorite segment called Peter Googles That. Ah, I was just correcting, making sure I was correct. <clears throat> so, you're, you're going to learn, mm, it's tough because you haven't met the other type of god. So what? Because <laughs> that there makes are, sense. There are elder gods who like are. Hulu. There are elder gods. What if God was? What? That's what this is making me think. Of. I'm sorry. Who are? Help, AJ. Who? No, please keep the Josh. Sing, sing the whole thing. I don't know the rest of it. Like a slob, like what? That's all I got. <laughs> so there are elder gods who are like what we may think of as gods, you know, they live on Mount Olympus or whatever. And they're they, you know, they are old people. They are gods. Anyway, then there are ascendants, which is basically like this. Josh dies today. Bad example. Not Josh. Let me try again. Oh God, that's dark. (laughs) Um, no, no, no. I got it. Bad example. I'm trying to think of someone popular. Who's someone popular. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Paris Hilton. Mariah um, Carey. No, someone Lindsay beloved. Lohan. Someone beloved. John Legend. No, all right. This whole this whole thing's d- d- Ruth Gator Ginsburg. She's right. loved. So Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln could be an ascendant. They're like you're an individual. You were once human, but like it's just like people have started worshiping you. Like you know? a saint. You're oh, that's a saint's a like, great example. Oh like my god. Saint gosh. Patrick. Oh, the, I'm done. I'm done with that voice. Man, well, not like St. Patrick. India, you really should be explaining stuff. So they're like saints, wow. but they're, I mean, there's all of this power stuff. You know, there's a whole curve and people are have different amounts of strength. But basically, it's like you are tra- being transcended into this kind of immortality God state because people love you and worship you, you know? So it, like, you'll have a cult of Abe Lincoln and then it's like becomes a whole religion, you know? And then Abe Lincoln's the God of whatever, you know, the God Ooh, of Oh, I have a beers. prediction. Um, so that's, uh, that's basically what ascendants are. Did that answer your question? Yes. I have also you... have a question. Shoot. So at, at one point when Peran, 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 um, he asks Shadow Man, Shadow, Shadow Sir, Throne, can gods die? Mm-hmm. 
And Shadow Man didn't really answer. He just flinched. I'm wondering, is that something that we will find out? I don't know. I guess we're going to have to keep reading, aren't we? Oh, I guess. Is that not an answer I can have? Is it gonna is it gonna really ruin the books? So, I'm India, so curious. India, what did you think about Perrin's other <laughs> encounters? His what? His other encounters at the gates of death. Or would you like to move on to when he uh, returns to the mortal plane? Let me throw you let me throw you a different question. We've talked about Perrin enough. Yeah. Um, Actually, he is the most interesting. So, India, we find more about Tattersail and the the puppet and how the puppet returns from the Warrens and how did what's up with the puppet news? What's your vibe on the puppet? My vibe on the puppet is one: does he is he a free agent or yeah, is somebody he, controlling free, him? He's a free agent, but he's got friends. You know, he's doing his own thing. Because it seems like like is he is he is he working on the side? Is he working for the side of anyone? Is he taught? Is he with? Is he on the side of Tattersail? Yeah, he's like an ally of Tattersail and the Bridge Burners, but you know he's like a puppet. He can't do that much, so it's not like he can just go do his own well, own he, thing. He's a magic puppet boy. Like I think he's got a he's well, like a regular old Pinocchio man. He's got he, some stuff. But yeah, he's a you know. But it's not like Pinocchio can't. Pinocchio is not self sufficient. He's not paying for his phone plan. You know, like he's he's still living on he's still living on his parents' health insurance. So Geppetto's a good guy, all right. Well, Geppetto is a good guy. Yeah, Geppetto is a is a good guy, guys. <laughs> I, I, how did we get here? How did we get here? The, did that not clear up your your tenor sale thoughts? Um, no, it did. I guess so. He is working on his own. But not well. They talk um, in the chapter. Is it? But is he crazy? Well, he's certainly a little unhinged. Being a puppet doesn't he's help. Insane. But then they're like, "But let's, but let's use him. Let's, let's let him out there." Well, so here's the thing. <clears throat> so they're like, "Hey, then High Mage Tatrin is like, you know, he's up to no good. He's working against the Bridge Burners. But you know, he's very powerful. So they're like, well, we got to operate secretively.'" So they're going to use the puppet to kind of leapfrog between Warrens in a kind of dangerous, reckless way that kind of drives the puppet a little insane. So the bridge burners oh. are like, <laughs> that makes sense. The bridge burners like, we're going to let loose our, our carrier puppet through the Warrens. And that's how they're going to communicate secretively. However, you know, obviously, carrier. you know, it's a complicated system and it involves this kind of crazy puppet. Okay. Now, this is just more of a, a morality question. Okay. So, my girl, Tattersail. Sure. She was all broken up about this guy becoming a puppet. Sure. Who I actually thought was her that died, but wasn't. Anyway, now she's letting him become insane to use him to find out information? What is mm. this? What is the... I was looking for a love story, and I didn't find it here. Well... You're, uh, there may be fair waters ahead. However, I don't know. Josh, what do you think about the use of hairlock like this? Oh, I, I think it's going to get him real fucked up. Uh, and I'm pretty excited to see when he snaps. Yeah, but they're already talking about it. Too. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like even when he was alive, like he did not seem like the most stable fellow. Like he's definitely a power hungry maniac. So yeah. and at this point, they're trying to understand like, who sorry is or or where what she's doing or who she's working for what she because at this point they don't know that she's possessed correct well they know who they know she's possessed yeah well i guess i guess you're right i guess you're right what they know is kalam and quickben express their suspicions that right. she's possessed 
I mean, they're probably not certain, but they're definitely like, this girl has a villainous presence to her. Yeah, because they like are trying to see, but then what confuses me is like, if they know that and they know this already, then why do they even need to, why are they even looking for that connection between her and the shadow fellow? Because then isn't it obvious, or is it because there's so many gods, they don't know who, like, I, I'm just, I don't know. Well, I think they have theories, but nothing set in stone at this yeah, point. Yeah, they have theories. The Kalam doesn't know for sure. Okay. This girl just this girl just showed up in his company years ago as a weird person, and she they've just been trying to snoop it out, you know. Yeah. Plus, they learned more about the slaughter at Kokan from chapter one. Because sometimes I can't tell if it if I'm confused or if they are also confused. <laughs> yes. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Josh, what's your general confusion level? And then we'll talk about the bridge burners. General confusion level. I, I can tell you there's exactly one thing, two th- one thing. There's one thing that I just don't fucking get. Sure. Everything else I feel okay about right now. Sure. So. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, what really is it? Dying, you know, <laughs> the one thing that you feel comfortable with. The one thing I don't get is the deco dragons in the slightest. Oh, I see. Okay, so here's. Okay. All right. Well. It's multifaceted. I've written a list. Number one, are they real cards? And there are fortune-telling cards. Number two, each card's a god but or an agent of a god. What's a house? Third, uh, how do cards get added to the deck? Because they talk about like the House of Shadow not having been a thing for millennia, but this bitch's deck just has it. So like, did it just appear? Like, what's up? I'm surprised mm. by your level of questions from that, because I just accepted it for what it was. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, are the houses Warrens? So they're not Warrens. The houses are kind of like, uh, like maybe a god and his posse, you know? Okay. Okay. God and his or her posse, and then usually there's a Warren attached to it, you know? Okay. So it's like there's like within the Warren of Shadows, there is High House Shadow, you know? Okay. So, however, I, think I have a headache. <laughs> and to answer some of your other questions, yes, they're actual cards. Yes, new cards can get added to the deck. Is there, like, some company that's just, like, making these? Or do they just appear in the deck? No, Namco Bandai or whatever isn't producing new Deck of Dragons cards. Damn. It's more like, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but, you know, it, 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 they kind of represent, they, they're fortune-telling magically what divine forces are influencing. And how does it know that? Because that's its whole thing. It's it's reading the deck. You know, you're reading the deck of dragons. It's attuned to the the divine influences. So it's like you flip it over and you're like, oh, high house shadow is playing, and so is Opan, and so are these things. So it's like giving you a read on it. It's psychic. Sounds a lot like a Ouija board. Sure, let's call it Ouija esque. No, like, a, but it's also like a tarot card deck. Yeah, it's yeah. way more like tarot cards. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really like a Ouija board at all. There's like an earth thing. <laughs> On the contrary. <laughs> Fuck off. Thank you, India. All right. Uh, before we go, we can we can quick let's quick talk. The 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 bridge burners are out. They all have a short conversation and they get out of there before the Hound of Shadows attack. The Hound of Shadow attacks Perrin and Tattersail. They all catch a quarrel um, and they're headed to Darujistan, India. Now that uh. Over these two chapters, really, you meet a bunch of bridge burners and kind of sorry takes a back seat. What do you think about the whole new squads we meet? Kalam, Quick Ben, Fiddler, and they're uh, they're saying goodbye. Are you interested in where they're headed? I just want to point out, I really love how much time uh, Fiddler spends on roofs. Pretty big fan of that. Wow, I've literally never know. thought of that, and this is a great this is a great day we're having. 
Um, what do I think about the new people? Well, that you know, they're headed off to Darujistan on this you know, mission. You know, Peter, if I'm being honest, I feel like I'm not going to hear from them again for another three chapters. They're going to introduce 35 new characters to me. I, and, and I feel like by the time I get back to them in Darujistan, or wherever they're going, I'm, I'm not even going to remember where they were. So I have, I have little faith about or, or concern about where they're going and what they're going to find. And I'm looking forward to meeting TikTok the clock in the next chapter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have really hard time with chapters three and four as well. Well, you know, it sounds, you sound a, a little peeved by it, but I hate to tell you, the good news is you nailed it dead on. That's essentially what's <laughs> going to happen. So. Is that good um, news? Is it though? Well, it's good news that you guessed it. It's becoming predictable, this book. If this book is one thing, it is predictable and easy to read. <laughs> that is that is the two traits it's known for. So, Josh, do you have anything to say about... Wait, I have one last question, though. Okay. So, at the end of the chapter, Hairlock... And... Sure. He's is he is he ang is he are we are we now enemies with Tattersail and Hairlock are they not friends are they no Hairlock returns and earlier Quickben is like something's following him and then what was following was a Hound of Shadow from Shadow Thrones posse and and the the Hound attacks so, them and... Gear is a shitty name for a dog I don't know I what's wrong like with it. Gear it's, little, it's pretty All right, hardcore well, me whatever you are entitled to your opinions here yeah. So then, you know, the, the hound attacks them just as, uh, like, he shows up and is like, hey, I'm here. And then they get attacked, and that's mm. essentially their only conversation. Oh, all right. But Hairlock's still Tattersail's friend, you know, but Perrin is in her care. Yeah. What is, so, no, let's save it for another day. I Actually, no, let's, let's, let's hash this out now. Perrin, he's back. <laughs> he's back, and better than ever. And they were like, carry, yeah, they carry him in, and. New year, new me. Does his legs work? His legs work, yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Sorry. I mean, he's Mallet, the the healer from the Bridge Burners, is like, oh, he's recovering. So, I mean, like, it, he's not in his best health, but he definitely kills He'll the Hound of Shadows, so. Okay. All right. Yeah. Are, are right. Mallet and Fiddler nicknames, or are they their real human names <laughs> they've been given? That's, are they humans? This is actually a great question. So they're all human names, but there's this thing in the Malazan army where you join... And you take on a different name. So it's like... Oh, what? It, it's like Josh joins, and now we're going to all call him Bogo or whatever. <laughs> you know? So... Um, you could not have picked a worse name. So everyone kind of has single names that they go by, you know? So you'll see later, you know, you get, you know, all different types of names. All right. I was going to list them all, but literally it's just, you know, lots of times they're nouns. So Yeah. I mean, my last name is Baker, so I could have just gone with that. Yeah, but they wouldn't use that. That's your actual name. Do you know what I mean? Oh. It has to be something that nobody would understand when we use it in the next chapter, so we have no idea who we're talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, exactly. You know? Preferably oh, the most it. obtuse name it. possible. This is our new recruit, Fork. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, well, we named him Fork because he loves to eat. And then other times it's like, well, we named him Broth because... No His sister no, likes soup. Yeah, no, no reason. <laughs> but, you know, Fiddler has a fiddle, so. Ah. Uh, oh, does he? That's not even come up yet. Yeah, how do you wow. know that? Wow, spoilers for the series, I guess. What the fuck, Peter? <laughs> wow. That I, wasn't even, that wasn't cool, Peter. Wow. All right, well, 
So next week, we'll be going to Darugistan, and we're going to read uh, all of book two, chapters four through six, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about all these these new characters. India is very much looking forward to getting to know. <laughs> As normal, we're at 10 very big books on both the Gmail and the Twitter. You know, send us a message. Let us know what you think of the show or a question we could talk about. I don't know. And then uh, follow us, follow or, us die. or die. Leave something on iTunes if you do. I, uh, we can be find out everywhere. You know how it goes. And um, before we go, uh, Josh, your prediction last week already came true. You predicted you're going to be introduced to many characters with names you'll forget and ranks you don't understand. So it was low-hanging fruit, but I suppose congrats to you. Nailed it. Do you want to feel a prediction going forward as the Bridge Runners head to Darugistan? Yes. Uh, so, so spoiler alert. We we as we because we discussed some stuff and I now know that the next few chapters are with a different cast of characters. My shot in the dark guess is that we're going to be dropped into like the inner workings of politics in Darujistan and probably follow some person who at the end of the three chapters will get murdered by the bridge burners or some bullshit like that. Mm. In- interesting. Interesting. India, last week you predicted that Sari and Ganois are going to bow chicka wow wow. We've yet to see if that has come to fruition, but I suppose it's up in the air. Uh, would you like to hazard a guess for heading to the city of Darugistan? Yes, in Darugistan, I believe we will meet um, Gray Wall uh, Windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> And um, <laughs> fucking, his... fucking called shots from India right now. <laughs> uh, no, on a real note, I think we are going to meet a. You're not just gonna fit, f- pull another name. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably like another army of people fighting for a different cause, and I don't know. Maybe we'll learn about some new gods. Maybe, maybe new army, new gods. There you go. New year, new gods. New year, new gods. And, uh, well, that is our special St. Patrick's Day episode. Uh, had the will the luck of the Irish be with you, and goodbye. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> Hey everybody, producer AJ here again with just a few things. First of all, thank you so much for the amazing response to episode one. It really went better than any of us could have imagined. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, We also want to give our thanks again to Dan Gezerick for making our wonderful logo. You can check him out on Twitter at Dan Gezerick. And of course, all the music for the show comes from Amaranthan's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening.